Hey, what's up, everybody? Matt here. Just jumping in at the beginning to let you know that Jimmy and I recorded the majority of this episode while Shanley was still working. Not to worry, she does join in towards the end of the episode, but just FYI. Anyway, DJ, drop that needle. Boys and girls all over the world, tune that dial in. To the show where the host put what they hate most on a wheel and give a spin. Cause it's movie night and the time is right to kick back and let go. If you're in the mix saying you like good flicks, then you came to the wrong show. It's the weekly watch wheel. Oh, yeah. It's the weekly watch wheel with Matt, Jimmy, and Shamley. Wow. So we watched Jaws the Revenge. Yeah. And yep, that happened. Just a quick one-word reaction to it on the count of three. One, two, three. Amazing. Oh, man. What? I don't know. There's a lot of pressure. You knew you were going to do a one-word thing. I had to react instantly. There's so much to process, Matt. It's, a, it's impossible. Well, it's a very complex movie. There's so many layers to it. It's a lot to sum up. It's, well, uh, it's intense. It's very true. It's deep, isn't it? Yes. No pun intended. Like the sea from whence it came. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) First off, is it just me or does all of the ocean in this movie feel like a max eight feet deep? It really does. (laughs) Everything feels really shallow. Yeah, very shallow. (laughs) Uh, It was pretty silly. So I spun it. I chose it. So I'll give a, a brief summary. I had that cold summary that i gave to you and shanley before we watched it and i got a few things wrong so i want to upfront clear up some confusions so i said that it takes place in jamaica it does not take place in jamaica does it, it takes place in the bahamas so yeah. I, I got that wrong i also talked about the voodoo man and i was kind of wrong about that but we'll... i mean you were wrong about it because it was in the book but not the movie yeah there's zero at all reference there's a line there's a voodoo line in it he says you don't believe that voodoo do you sharks don't murder people i think michael says that that doesn't sound like michael that sounds like hoagie no who's the jake fake jamaican jake jake fake he's mexican matt but actors from mexico i fooled me because he was great (laughs) phony baloney jamaican accent (laughs) The cards don't lie. Mr. Lovalo. <laughs> so the summary is this. We're back on Amity Island, the location for Jaws 1 and 2. And at this point in the story, Chief Brody is dead. But This is number 4. Yes, but Jaws 3D is not a part of the canon. Oh, like in Home Alone. Yeah, yeah. Okay. it goes one, two, skip three, Got four. It. Okay. Jaws 3D is not canon. Is ScarJo in Jaws 3D? She must be. That yeah, because that's the, the tradition. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Chief Brody's son, Sean, is following in his footsteps. He's in law enforcement there in Amity. Which is hilarious coming from not watching number two. Right. Because I just assumed he was going to be the main character. Oh, you you expected Brody to be in this? No, no, the son who's the sheriff. Oh, Sean. 
Uh, yeah, I yeah. guess. You know, sure. <laughs> I, I in my notes, which I had to take this time because there was just so much going on. I just wrote, "Cop is annoying." I thought he was a teenager. Then he's a cop. Then he's engaged. And it was all shocking. Yeah. Those are my notes. So that's, that's what I got. You're right. And I really thought I was going to be following my development of how I felt about this character. Nah. He was in it for about uh, two minutes. Two minutes. He had about two minutes in the beginning. But that's the heart and soul of this movie. Yeah. Apparently. Is what happens in those first two minutes. Because Sean, being a police officer, is sent out into the harbor. Oh, it's Christmas, by the way. Yeah. It's a Christmas movie. Stump everybody, just like Jaws is stumping Stump. people. Yeah. <laughs> Has he ever bitten off a limb and the person survived? Or not he, but like any of the sharks in these films? And survive. And somebody Pretty much survives. everyone just everyone dies, dies, right? Yeah. yeah. That's a bummer. It'd be fun to have somebody lose a limb. Matt Hooper doesn't die in the first one, but he's not like dismembered. Mm. Let's not get into the weeds on this part. Okay. It's the too seaweeds. early to be this D. Let's, uh, not, get, let's not get into the kelp. Okay. All right. Sure. Thanks. If you want. I need this. I just had a very upsetting game of monkey ball bowling. I had I set a new high score, so yeah. I'm pretty stoked. Two oh one, baby. I hate you so much. Well, so <laughs> Sean is sent out into the harbor because there is a a massive log mm-hmm. caught on a buoy and that log it's yeah. like a telephone pole. You know, it's well, got a <laughs> typical local police problem to solve and it has to be done now it's the middle of the night and he has (laughs) to do this now even though there's like this huge christmas pageant thing going on and everyone wants don't worry about the crowds at the christmas pageant or anything like that go take care of this night buoy (laughs) night buoys such a great name for a movie i would watch that sure sure not with a k no 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 yeah but what about an N-I-T-E buoy? Oh, yeah. I'm way in on that. I'm way more in on that. <laughs> but I think Night Buoy with a T-E should be from, like, the 70s. Yeah, totally. I'm seeing, like, a young John C. Riley, Mark Wahlberg okay. cast. This sounds fun. Let's put that down somewhere. Uh, yeah, we're, I'll put it down. So Sean reaches in to grab the telephone pole off of said Night Buoy, and he's attacked by a shark with blood in the initial shot before the shark bites the boat which yeah. he doesn't get hurt in that There's he's fine blood in the water and yeah. then he's like yelling for help and in the second attack the boat is like sinking mm-hmm. and then he gets consumed by the shark well yeah his arm gets bitten off first you remember and we all laughed yeah <laughs> it's really bad his his torso is so much longer or so much wider broader on the side where his arm is clearly just stuffed into his sleeve <laughs> yeah. or held behind his back i there oh, I, so he is delimbed for a moment yeah but he's, he, he survived for about briefly. five seconds is there is there like a time limit between the attack where you're like you have to survive this long before yes. you're a survivor yes because i mean he survived it's six the minutes. initial okay really is that a thing it's six minutes no way yeah you're blowing my mind right now, Matt. <laughs> there, I know that this was a time before green screen, and so we are a little bit spoiled of this, but there has to be a way that they could have done that better because it's just so obvious. 
you you could practically see his fingers <laughs> through the other yeah. side of his torso. I think I think if they would have shot it at a different angle, it could have made his torso look a little bit narrower, and then maybe that would have worked. But they also just didn't need to do it. He yeah, could have just been killed true. in the first bite. <laughs> like that would have been fine. And and you know what they really needed was. So I'm looking through my notes, right? And I spent the first half of my first page of notes all talking about this guy who dies after like three lines of dialogue yeah. in the very beginning. All he does is call his brother a beach bum. No, no, no. He does something else. Okay. He also drops his own blood into a pot of food and says it gives it flavor. It was the most upsetting thing I've well, ever seen. That was seen. probably supposed to tie into the voodoo. <laughs> but, you know, then they dropped that plot line. So anyways... Um, they spend all this time, like, on his murder or whatever. <laughs> no murder. The, the shark feeding. But it, it, like, I don't even know this guy. And so maybe that's my fault for not watching the sequel. But, like, I had no idea who he was. And I thought he was going to be the main character and we were going to develop something. And just before I give any shit about this guy, are we saying bad words on this podcast? I don't know. I before think I'll I probably give, blink Before I give a hoot about this character he's dead Mm -hmm. and i really think that they shouldn't have built that as like the heart of this movie that like we understand everyone's grieving through the loss of another family member they kind of just breeze right through it and it even kind of feels like that once they're on vacation in the bahamas for new year's (laughs) a couple days later yeah like well, it's just it's a very you know carefree attitude so they they i think they make a really big mistake with the building of sean you know they say that some characters in movies their sole purpose is to die and mm-hmm. sean's purpose in this movie is to die to give motivation to the other characters but what they did wrong is they made a relationship that was closer to him than the protagonists were going to follow through the entire movie I imagine in efforts to give some gravity to his death, they make him engaged. They yeah. didn't need to do that. And his his wife, out of the trio of characters, which was Ellen Brody, Chief Brody's widow, mm-hmm. Sean Brody, and the fiance. I... Yance. <laughs> yeah, Yance. <laughs> she was the most likable out of all of them. And she's probably the one who's most heavily affected by Sean's death. You never see her again. Yeah. They all just <laughs> abandon her. The entire family <laughs> flees, leaving her to grieve alone over New Year's while they're off frolicking in the water. That's the funny thing. It's because I it, it created a vacuum. When they land in the Bahamas, I'm like, wait, somebody's missing. And I'm counting. And I know Sean's dead, but I'm like... Sean's fiance. What happened there? Who also? I mean, are we going to summarize the plot because we're just getting ahead? We I know. Okay, let, let me give let me give a quick summary. So, since Ellen Brody is now grieving another loss, in another her loss, she attributes the death of her husband, Chief Brody, who died of a heart attack. She attributes that to. The shark. She says the shark's fault that he had a heart attack. I mean, isn't it, though? I don't think so. But her son, Michael, is a marine biologist currently doing his final PhD work in the Bahamas. And he says, you fly out, be with me and my daughter and my wife through the holidays. And she goes and she does that. The majority of the movie (laughs) follows her 
blossoming romance with Michael Caine's character Hoagie, who's a a charter plane pilot, possibly a drug dealer. Drug Certainly smuggler. a drug dealer. <laughs> Certainly a drug. I dealer. mean, they really lean on it multiple times, and but, you know, while at the Bahamas, a place that is surrounded by water and warm water. Ellen is more and more convinced that the shark has a vendetta against the Brody family, and she's trying to protect everybody in her family from going in the water. But Michael's a marine biologist, and he's measuring sea snails, conchs. And lo and behold, a shark does show up and goes straight after Michael. And the movie has, like, roughly three stories one would be this sort of adultery plot, not literally adultery, but that kind of motif of there's a secret that one of the protagonists is keeping from his family and it's destroying him. That Wait, would be what? that Michael is keeping the secret that he and his PhD partner, Jake, are studying this shark. And he's oh, keeping wow, that okay. from everybody. You just described that in the weirdest possible <laughs> but way. But that's Matt. that's the way it's framed. I, mean, I guess. But it's it, totally framed like that. I think you're kind of putting things in there i don't know, I don't know. It's, it's it's framed it's like a that. secret sure he's waking but up in the middle <laughs> he's waking up in the middle of the night and looking over at his wife and he's like putting his head in his hands so there's that big storyline yeah but there's he's also, also making love to her in the garage with workers around and their child just walked by a minute ago that's right so that doesn't seem very adulterous behavior <laughs> yeah second plot <laughs> anyway second plot is that ellen brody is getting her groove back she's getting her bungie busted <laughs> by hoagie allegedly yeah she's falling in love with brody oh, and Bro- or not, i'm bungie. sorry not brody she's falling in love with hoagie and hoagie's falling for her even though he's a playboy yeah billionaire philanthropist <laughs> yeah and then the third story is there's a shark that has a vendetta against the Brody family. And the way that we know for sure... Hey, there's also the local art show. Oh, that's so weird, that too. The weird white lady captures the heart of all of the local people <laughs> by making this crappy sculpture. Parenthetical. I have to jump in on this really quickly. The first time... This is Michael's wife. She's a sculptor. or Not she's, Michael Caine. Michael, the other, the surviving son of the Brody family. That's right. She is an artist, and she's got a commissioning from (laughs) the city, the local government. Yeah, to make an an art installation to put on their biggest beach. And the first time she shows it to Ellen, Ellen Brody is, (laughs) like, terrified by it. Wait, 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 while we're here, kind of at this art thing. I just wanted to say that the governor or whoever was giving the speech at the unveiling of this crappy sculpture, mm-hmm. he's they're saying a whole bunch of like they either wrote him a script on set on on set, just like here, just or he wrote this, his own, <laughs> or he was improvising, just kind of they were like say stuff like this, but in the like repetitive rambling that he's doing in the background during like a shark attack, he drops in this line. Art is grease for the wheel of life. And I had to write that down because that's it's true. That's, <laughs> I, did, I did three years of art school and, you know, that summarizes my entire experience. Mm-hmm. And, and boy, are you I've greasy. I've been so greasy since then. <laughs> I've been greased for life. Yeah. I've been meaning to talk to you about that. It's destroying our furniture. Well, you know. But got art. art. Yeah. So the first time Ellen sees this <laughs> installation that her daughter-in-law is making 
she's like horrified by it because it <laughs> somewhat vaguely looks like a shark with a mouth that is gaping open, but it also doesn't look anything like that. It, it's this long shot of Ellen looking at it, terrified, and I was quite seriously thinking to myself, like, what, what is she experiencing here? What, why is she so scared by this? Is that supposed to be a shark? Doesn't look like a shark. What's going on? So that's a great thing that happens. Uh, we do come to find out for certain that the shark has a vendetta against the Brody family because there's chum in the water, but the shark doesn't go for it. And Michael's line is, it's not blood he's after. And of course, what it, <laughs> what it is that the shark is after is Michael because he's a Brody and the shark is after Brody's. And so that is in a nutshell, a coconut shell, what this movie is. Thank you for staying on theme. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I found an article while looking up stuff, random accoutrement about this Thank movie. Thank you. Um, and this article is titled, Let's Talk About Carla Brody's Hideous Sculpture in Jaws the Revenge. <laughs> From September of 2018. So, yeah, so this is someone else is diving yeah. into this recently. Diving. Yeah, I, on I did brand. that on purpose. Um, and it's not even really an article. It's more like a blog post, I guess. But uh, the person who wrote this, I am seeing if I can find their name. Their, their WordPress blog is called The Movie and the Muse, if anyone wants to check it out. But um, shout out to those guys. But they suggested that they should have like put the sculpture on the boat and been like, oh, we have to move the sculpture to the place where it's going to be displayed on the boat and then use this crappy, sharp metal sculpture to kill, to kill the, the shark, shark or something. That would have been one more it would have been reasonable Chekhov's way for sculpture. us to watch the shark assassination take place. And number two... It would have made the sculpture have any relevance in this crappy movie. Um, excuse me. The sculpture's role was to lubricate the, the wheel. <laughs> yes. The watch wheel of life. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's all coming together. Art. Art is the grease of the weekly of the watch wheel. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Before we get into the the depth that one was no pun intended. Before we really get into this Before movie, we submerge ourselves in the, the salt water. Yeah. <laughs> how the did how did you brine of how did you feel about this movie? You were upset at me for choosing this movie. Yeah, I mean, and I that was, was really gratifying look, for me. I tried to be real cool when <laughs> you made me watch the first Jaws with you recently, and I didn't realize that it was a long con. To get me to kind of have some re like reference point for when we do this, it's yeah. But, the first step is get you to watch Jaws. Second step is, hey Jimmy, we should start a podcast. Yeah, see, I, <laughs> and you knew you son of a build snipe. You know, it was fine. Uh, the first one, like it's cool. It's on the it's bad amazing. movie. It's amazing. I think it's not that good, made. but it you know it's good. It's cool. This was terrible, <laughs> and I knew it was going to be terrible because it was. The fourth one. Mm -hmm. And that's never a good thing. So um, third installments are rarely good. No. Fourth installments are almost never good. This one is both a fourth and third put together. And it is the whatever the opposite of the epitome is of both fourth and third installments. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to just trust you on that. But um, 
Yeah, I, I was pretty upset, Matt. I didn't like this. I had a bad time. You had a bad time. I had a bad time. Oh my this god, is that's so surprising. First, I mean, the only thing that kept me going through this one was that this is the first podcast where I was keeping notes, and so the fact that I could just kind of muse to myself in my uh, Google Doc and just kind of you, know, you are the Google Doc. Yeah, <laughs> they call me the Google Doc. <laughs> It really kept me going because this was hard to watch, dude. That's so interesting. I had the opposite experience. I felt like <laughs> this movie gave me my mojo back. Is this the, this is your Ghost Rider? It might be my Ghost Rider. Batman and Robin might be my Ghost Rider. No, dude. You were not that excited about okay. Batman and Robin. Yeah, you might be right. Well, see, here's the thing. is I had such a hard time these prior two weeks <laughs> because we did Song of the South. We were wrestling with like... What? serious thing like because there's the issue of racism and i in in song of the south if i recall correctly yeah (laughs) see you had an okay time with it you felt comfortable making jokes i couldn't i'm zippity doodah time i am culturally on the outside i can't even i just i just couldn't even even have a dog in in this fight but that's why i was so uncomfortable you're not a white or uh black that's why so i and i I don't want this to be a very introspective. You're not a white or a black. We'll just cut that part in because I said it weird. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're definitely going to use both. But then prior to that, it was Brokeback Mountain, which was a really sad movie. And then it wrestled the issue of sexuality. And yeah, you really discovered a lot about yourself. Well, see, that's why I enjoyed this one, because I could just laugh and enjoy myself and I, I knew we would be able to laugh and enjoy ourselves on this podcast and so it was great and let me but say this is the first time mad it up by being what? sensitive about how bad of a husband <laughs> what's his name was the brody the because Marie he didn't biologist. show up to the art he didn't show. show up to the art show even the shark showed okay up. <laughs> even <And the> shark. <laughs> everyone was there Everyone was laughing and swimming had... and shark biting, except Michael. Yeah, no, Buster. <laughs> Buster. <Wait. laughs> What's his name? Yeah, his name is Michael. No, I thought Michael died. Sean died. Shine died. It really doesn't matter. I swear, it does not matter. None of it does. <laughs> That's my point. That his wife had one character trait. It was that giving she... it up in the art studio. Okay, so that's the thing. This this movie is. Do they have Odd. sex multiple times? They, this movie's oddly sexual. Very uncomfortable. <laughs> so movies have sexuality in them, and that's okay. That's, I, yeah, we're totally cool with that. I, cool. I'm honestly a little bit of a prude in that. It makes me a little uncomfortable, just full disclosure. But this movie was not not sexual in a sexy way. It was sexual <laughs> in an uncomfortable way. Like, you know when you're... When you're auntie and uncle who just got married start talking about sex at the dinner table and it makes everyone like kind of go <laughs> that's like this whole movie <laughs> there's a lot of weird sexuality like sexual tension between ellen brody and hoagie michael kane's character uh, there's weird sexual comments between jake and his wife between michael and his wife it's just really about older adults trying to sneak away from their kids so that way they can have uninterrupted sex that's like the whole movie yeah i mean pretty much yeah and uh the daughter's even giving the old lady advice advice? about doing it with hoagie and there's this really weird scene where they have 
multiple shots showing Michael's daughter. I think her name's Polly. And she's playing in the sand. And then the focus of the scene leaves her. She's sitting on the shores <laughs> of the water. And, and so you think like, oh, this is a movie about shark attacks. There's going to be something happening here. But then the scene starts following Ellen and her romantic conversation with Hoagie. And she says, let's get out of here. And then they don't show Polly for like the next four or five scenes. And it's like the last time we saw her, she was sitting on the shore. Is she still on the beach three days later? Yeah, that's when the grandma tells the granddaughter that she's just like Princess Di. That's right. She which ju- I said was foreshadowing that the daughter was going to die. <laughs> Not realizing that she was, they didn't know that it's Princess still, Di was going to die. It's still the word die, though. Yeah, phonetically. And so it seems like... But she oh, doesn't man. end up dying, so I was clearly wrong. But, I mean, they should, this, They missed opportunities, is all I'm saying. Well, this In is just remake, a weird they movie. Lean into that. I hope they remake this movie <laughs> um, and that they don't change yeah. a darn thing. So my notes for that scene were that I said, did you hear that shark? Because the grandma hears a shark noise in the distance and turns and stares into the ocean. I think she has like a telepathic connection with the shark. Then I wrote, Michael Caine is going to bang the grandma. (laughs) Honestly, this movie should be called How Ellen Got Her Groove Back. It really should. it's like a it's a and post even at the end like she goes off on her own and is like I'm going to go conquer this shark on my own. And it's like her empowerment, her moment of like It's a you know, postmenopausal triumph story. A crappy kid who died and, <laughs> and now, now she's free. now she's free with the to one to sow her okay wild song. oats. Yeah. Mhm. <laughs> it's so uncomfortable. With Michael Caine, a drug smuggling Look, can we talk a little bit about the Hoagie character? I think he's great. There, there are two things that I really enjoyed in this movie. Um, One, he looks like old Michael Caine in a young person's wig. <laughs> in young people's clothes, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's because he does not look different at all. No, he it certainly looks, doesn't. He could, they could redo this movie with him in that same role and younger people in all the other roles. He looks better It'll now. Look the same. It'd be crazy. He looks great in tennis. Yeah. So I loved Michael Caine, and I genuinely loved the friendship between Jake and Michael, but we'll no, get to that dude, in a sec. I hated we'll that. get to that in a sec. So let's talk about Hoagie. <laughs> so he's his name is Hoagie, first uh-huh. of all, which kind of describes the shape of Michael Caine, <laughs> like and a hoagie. the color of his wardrobe, <laughs> and the consistency of his face. Yeah, that lettucey <laughs> hair he has. <laughs> they first introduce him because he's flying the charter plane from the mainland to the Bahamas, and he lets the daughter fly, and it's this charming thing or whatever. And then he's like an enigmatic character through the whole movie. Yeah, for some reason, he just hangs out like wherever the Brodies are. Yeah, he just he's a shark in his own right. He is. He's the shark. <laughs> and uh, he he part, can't be killed. Apparently, no, he certainly cannot. Part of his character is he has these anecdotes from all over the world, but it, like that shtick of his doesn't really start until. Like, halfway through, they've already introduced him. Yeah. But he begins doing this, and I was watching the movie, and I was thinking to myself, oh, okay, this we're doing this now. Now he tells stories. And they do not do anecdotes correctly in this movie because he takes Brody, Ellen Brody home one night, and the way these scenes are supposed to work 
is the character supposed to say something really outlandish, <laughs> like it's the end of the story? He's supposed to, you know, drop her off and say, and Week never even found the watermelons, and then everyone laughs. But he tells like two, three, four different parts of the story. Yeah, it was so ridiculous. <laughs> as they're like walking into the That's party. That's right. Yeah, it's something about the lights being out and they never found the guitars. And and there's like a punchline that doesn't do anything because we don't know the whole story. But we know at least two thirds of the story. It's I mean, so maybe. weird. We can only hope because it, it was a long story. They didn't do it right. That scene should have That scene should have been 15 seconds shorter so we didn't get those first bits. And then, so we get that, and then it immediately cuts into this weird interaction where Jake almost tells everyone about the shark. Oh, yeah, the, but the he adultery. But that to try to start a fight with Hoagie at the table. That's Do you great. remember how that happened? Well, I know that they, first, Hoagie tells an anecdote, a story, mm-hmm. that has, I, oh, man, I, I wish I looked it up. But we compl- can look it up. I mean, it's not like... You know, we're live. We need to look this up. I need to find out. You remember when Jake says, hey, watch how you talk to us. We're going to be famous. That's what I was just referencing. That's yeah, we got to we got to find the. So... <laughs> we're going to pull it up because for some reason, Jake responds as if he's been provoked when Michael Caine says nothing, even not even directed at him and Michael. Oh, my gosh. I really. So. You might, I don't know if we could cut this back in or if I could just say it, but okay. I'm seeing more great quotes from this movie while looking this up. Okay. And another one that supports that this whole movie is just about horny parents trying to bang each other okay. is Michael says to Carla when they're fighting in the garage around her art project, I've always wanted to make love to an angry welder. Oh, right. I've dreamed of nothing else since, since I, was I was a, a small boy. boy. Yeah. And then they, like, kind of comment on it as they're making out and, like, getting into it. It's so weird. I don't think it's weird. I think it's awesome. No, it's weird because it's like, you know, I've always wanted that since I was a small boy. <laughs> I've never heard anyone else address it. Okay. So I am fanning through this movie to find the specific scenes, and I've already seen two, maybe three sexual scenes just just fanning through it why do you have all the sex scenes bookmarked <laughs> they're not bookmarked it's just the majority of this movie is <laughs> really oh, good okay okay here we go so i said to him where's the disinfectant he said i left it in town so i said what are we gonna do so he says i'll tell you what we'll do <laughs> come back at lunchtime all the flies will be in the kitchen wow That's <laughs> i great. think i think that scene would have been best with so he says, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll come back at lunchtime and all the flies will be in the kitchen. Laugh, laugh, laugh. That's probably all you needed in order to get oh, yeah. He's He's chopping it up. He's making her laugh. Mm-hmm. Okay, now let's let's find the, hey, you better watch how you talk to us. You're going to need all the strings we got. Uh, all right, good. I knew one hour piano player one. Took two minutes to play the minute ball. So, so he just says a weird cheesy. Like, no, I, I think joke. I think I got it. It's it's don't get all weak in the knees on me now. You're gonna need all the energy you can have. Laugh, 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 laugh. Michael Caine yeah, so inserts Jake's wife saying that to him. Then Michael Caine as Hoagie, as the walking Hoagie. Uh huh. Human hoagie? He, yeah. He says, 
I knew a one-armed piano player took two minutes to play the one-minute waltz. Laugh, 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 laugh. Hey, you better watch how you talk to me and Michael. We're going to be famous one day, you know? What does that even mean? Well, obviously, they're going to be famous because they're the first people to ever see a great white in the Bahamas. But why is he... The first person to find great whites in different places are all famous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Larry, for oh, one. Larry found the best great white in all of Oregon? Yeah, because it was in the center of Oregon. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it had burrowed in there. Yeah. Uh-huh. But but why does he stop him and say, hey, watch how you're talking to us? Michael Caine was just giving a weird... It seems like they cut out a fight that they, happened They at the certainly table. cut something and, out. But they felt like that was important to leave in. Or they couldn't avoid leaving that part in for some other reason. So they just were like, eh, like, okay, we'll, we'll just... It is it. dumbfounding. Maybe they're racist and they just wanted to make the like dark-skinned fella at the table just seem kind of irate and like unpredictable. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, they do kind of cast him in that light in the movie. I, I felt a lot of tension about, like, is he going to intentionally get them in danger? Or is he tricking Michael? Into, I thought he like, was in cahoots with the voodoo man. Yeah, I, I was anticipating that as well. I was like, <laughs> is he getting revenge with the older voodoo man somehow on this family? Is he trying to get Michael killed by the shark? So like, there's so a lot of we're going down this pale go anywhere. We're going down this trail to talk about this character. We better introduce him. So okay. it's Jake, played by Mario Van Peebles. Uh-huh. And he's got a he's got a weird dreadlock thing going yeah, on and a really like real bad dreads. accent. Some of them look like braids. Yeah, you remember in Malibu, Malibu's Most Wanted where in Tay Diggs where's that the, the braided wig no. with shells on it? No. No one remembers Malibu's Most Wanted. I do. I do. That's a good thing to pretend that you know about, because no one will ever call you on it. <laughs> you can just say anything and say it's from Malibu's Most Wanted, and people will be like, yeah, probably. Oh, my God. That's fine. Michael Caine is in Malibu's Most Wanted. No way. Dude, see? No, I'm not... Are you messing That's with incredible. me? That's incredible. Get out I of here. I don't even know why I brought that up. Because of the because of the braids or the dreads. Maybe uh, that was a reference Maybe to Maybe it's a spinoff. <laughs> Are they in the same universe? What if Malibu's <laughs> Most Wanted was in the Jaws universe? I love that idea. There should be a shark at the end of Malibu's <laughs> Most Wanted. Just to like, eat Jamie Kennedy? Oh, no. Never. He's a national He's a treasure. national treasure. Sure is. So, Mario Van Peebles' character, Jake... What what are your thoughts on him, Jim? Um, I did not like him at all. Don't like he him was either. Not fun. He was not cool. He did have a funny shirt at one point <laughs> that said "same shirt, different day." But he had they made it look as though he had changed it with a sharpie to say he did like a carrot with the word "old," like same old. He inserted that. I think he's the one who wrote shirt. shirt, and he wrote shirt. Oh, it said same sh- different day, and he crossed it out, and he said same old shirt different, different day. day. Hilarious, very stupid, kind of funny. I I giggled because it was the only funny thing in the whole movie. I don't even know if that was intentionally funny. I don't know. This it is kind of funny, but yeah, he was he was not very likable. I wanted him to die, and uh, I was very upset. Spoilers: He didn't die. Multiple he doesn't times. die. <laughs> no, he had, he was very close to dying a couple different times. 
just wouldn't do it. Uh, no one died who mattered in this movie. No one dies who matters in some, this movie. Some random lady on a banana boat at the art show and one of the Sean. other crewmates, maybe. Oh, yeah, one of the other crewmates. And, and there, in that the, one, there's also blood in the water before the yeah, shark attacks almost, anyone. Every time, they, every time they show the shark, <laughs> there's blood in the water, regardless of what else is happening. There are two things that let you know that an attack is going to come. One, you hear that blood-curling roar of a shark. Yes, shark's roar. <laughs> it's, it's really great. And then two, you see blood in the water before an attack. Well, uh, he and Michael, I like their friendship. I actually do. I like that they get angry at each other and that they get pretty close to fighting. That felt pretty real to me, but they were also, no pun intended, chumming it up. Well, I really didn't like him... Because he kept calling the shark a fish, but then he also kept saying, we've been studying for this for our whole lives, as though he's like a serious marine biologist. I just can't cross those two together. Why? A shark isn't a fish. A shark is a fish, you fool. No. This is staying in. Is a shark a fish? A shark is a fish. Well, I haven't been studying for marine biology my well then life. don't bust his boongie well i walked he's he's got a boongie made for busting um <laughs> he says that a lot <laughs> they say that back and, and forth he also says this is one of my favorite things about jake i will say this he throws out <laughs> my dad always told me never do anything today you can put off until tomorrow and then which and is the- such a terrible thing wait i'm saying it and then <laughs> i wrote down the grandma who lives in New England, right? Yeah. She lives in New England. She knows Jake well enough, apparently, <laughs> that she drops that saying later in the movie. She says, it's like She's Jake like, always It's said. like Jake always says. And that's when never, she... Never do anything today you can put off of tomorrow. It's because Why at that... an old woman taking that advice from because her at that, son's friend at that point in her <laughs> of the story she's in her eat pray love phase she's embracing life she's got her groove back but look that's i mean sure whatever but that phrase is not about embracing life the phrase is about procrastinating yeah it's lounging it's, it's island life that's ridiculous and also this is the same lady who moments later steals a boat with no plan to go kill a shark that's definitely something you could put off until tomorrow she's had enough i like not enough because she's chasing me down she wants more why why are we following her (laughs) i will say she's great and then there's a part in the movie i wish i could remember when but i wrote down jake is making jaws noises question mark there's a part where he was going dun dun he totally was (laughs) that was great man um and he tries to say that the shark attack the first time he's like in disbelief that the shark was trying to attack them when this family has been ravaged by great whites and it is like as soon as the whole family shows up here there's a great white there also it seems ridiculous and it attacked them to then be like "Eh, it was a mistake it's not gonna do anything and want to go back to the great way. I love how insensitive he is to Michael. Well, yeah. But he's like, he's like, your brother <laughs> was just killed by a shark. I'm not going to talk about it when I incessantly insist that we study the shark as closely as possible. He doesn't address one single time that this might hit a little close to home for his best friend. In Jake's probably best moment of the film... 
is when he comes up with the plan to finally defeat the shark by throwing some kind of electric receiver into its mouth mm-hmm. from the ship after they crash land Hoagie's plane and all board their marine biology. And vessel. Hoagie, we think Hoagie dies. And Hoagie gets eaten by the shark and then is gone for a while. And so then while he's gone, they come up with this plan. Then Hoagie shows back up. Sharks then, cannot digest carbs. Oh, yeah, that's that's what it is. Um, and so, so I, I don't know why I wrote this. Come and get me, you son of a bitch. I don't know why. Did someone say that? Yeah, yeah. That's that's what Ellen oh, says. Oh, she says that. Because, because it's a reference to the first one, right? But that's not what he says. He says, smile, you son of a bee. But she says, come and get me. <laughs> Does she want to die? Is she like struggling with the guilt of moving on to a new lover? So she wants the shark to kill her? Is the shark her guilt over like moving on in her life? I think I think you're probably getting pretty close to what they're thinking on this movie. Maybe I mean, you're giving them whatever they are going for. It's bad, but like that could be it. And you he... may be giving it a little bit more credit, but this movie is by and large all about this woman rediscovering her carnal needs. It's like that's what this movie is about. It's so hard to watch. So I'm gonna just read out something here. This is my last little tiny bit of notes. And I need you to kind of help me understand what I'm talking about. Okay. So I said, the zombie shark is going to eat the electric thing. And then the electric signal coming from inside will drive the shark crazy. Yes. And a crazy shark will be less inclined to get revenge. (laughs) WTF is this movie. (laughs) I said, the shark ate Jake, LOL, way more dramatic and graphic than the rest of the movie. Then the shark starts roaring. Then everyone falls overboard for no reason, mm-hmm. and then Jake is still alive, mm-hmm. and the shark is dead, and they fall overboard, and we don't see how the shark dies. The shark is just dead now. It, it, it like kind explodes. of like it's somewhat off screen. Yeah, and it's I guess tied to Jake's plan working. I guess, but and then and how do both him and Hoagie in the same final confrontation disappear for a while and then reappear not dead? Because they are not Brodies. Oh, only Brodies. But the banana boat lady. I need to address the banana boat lady. She's a Brody. Okay, let's go into this. (laughs) She's an illegitimate out there. She's she's Ellen and Hoagie's. No, no, no. She's from an entirely different family. And boy, does that that shark feel dumb because Mm. her last name, Brody, is spelled entirely different than the rest of the Brodies. But on a serious note. Learn English, you shark. Okay, what? On a serious note, why does the shark kill anybody else in the movie if if he's just after the Brodies? Why does the shark eat the girl in the banana boat and miss Polly? Why does the shark eat the other crewman? I think his name is William. Why do those things happen in this movie? Well, maybe the shark is like, dude, I'm not killing many Brodies right now. I gotta step it up. A shark's gotta eat. He's like, I gotta like get my strength up. I gotta get a practice kill in. Okay. He's it's new waters. He's in a whole new ecosystem. He's trying to get his mojo back. You know, that's the shark. Much like Ellen, is trying to find his His rhythm in this Mm. new circumstance. Wow, I did not give that shark enough compassion. Yeah, see, and I and I feel really embarrassed. And he's not a bad guy. That's why he let Hoagie and Jake go. He's not trying to just ruin everyone's time. Yeah, just the Brodies. Yeah. Because they killed another shark. Yeah. 
<laughs> a part of his species. Mm-hmm. Okay, can we talk about voodoo for a moment? Oh, I mean, not you know at we large. Can. Voodoo, <laughs> voodoo in reference to this movie. So How long until one of us has to say a voodoo woman named Phyllis? <laughs> this one doesn't count. I currently have two loves in my life. <laughs> Big city living <laughs> and a voodoo woman named Phyllis. <laughs> I mouthed that just so everyone knows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> played the part of Bobby Boucher's mom. Ow. Helen Boucher. Leave me here with Steve. <laughs> <laughs> this is the second time an obscure Adam Sandler quote has made it into this. I'm really happy about that. That's good. So in the novelization, and oh, maybe man. even in this movie originally... There was a side plot where Michael had offended a local voodoo man named, and I'm not kidding, Papa Jacques. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's kind of like Papa Doc from 8 Mile. You remember Papa Doc? It's Anthony Mackie before he got wings. So he insults Papa Jacques, and so Papa Jacques controls this shark to go after his brother who lives in New England. Would you say... Fuck a Papa Jacques. Fuck a shock. Shock. <laughs> <laughs> you probably can't keep that in, but it's fun. I like F it. F a Papa Jacques. F a shock. F a sailor. <laughs> yes. Dude, that's Ellen right there. That's her. Because everyone no I, believed her. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I want to get a shirt that is, is Ellen Brody and it says that on Dude, it. Dude, <laughs> this is okay. If this podcast is even remotely successful, we will eventually have merch, and that will be available for purchase. Check out our website, y'all. Link in the description. Get your Ellen's... Uh, How Ellen got a group back shirt. Oh, F man. a Papa Jacques. F a Jacques. F a Sailor. That's so good. I'm really glad we just got there. Yeah. That was that was lovely. You see, this movie's bringing out the best in us. It's good times. Man. No more grappling with hard concepts yeah. and issues like racism and sexism and hate crimes. Mm-hmm. Let's just get back to our roots. Yeah. Speaking of roots, um, there was some hints of racism in this. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about racism just, anymore. I have to just point out one thing that did bother me. I'm not an easily offended person, um, but it made me uncomfortable when Michael tells Jake at one point. Jake is talking about, I guess, like the struggle or whatever of growing up as like, as an islander or something. Uh-huh. I don't know. They don't really they, like show much context of the conversation, but... Michael says, like, Jake is an upper-class person, too, if he wasn't trying to pull off this roots rock reggae bullshit. He does say that. And I was like, I feel like that might be racist. So I think there was an even more racist line in there because he says, shave off those dreads, you're nothing but a, and it is completely inaudible. Yeah, uh we did The subtitles say... A greasy suit. Yeah, but that, but that is sound like not what he says. I I could not tell what he said. We had to rewind it a few times, and I could not make it out. But it sounded really, really bad. Yeah, I have no idea what he said there. He definitely did say greasy, and then just 
it's like garbled. Oh, There's like, like art. Maybe he was like a wheel. <laughs> Take away those dreads. You're a greasy wheel of life. Yeah. Because of all the artwork you he's, do on your t-shirt. He's, he's a work of art. He's saying without the dreads, he's still a work of art. See, I'm telling you, their relationship, their relationship is, great. is great. Everyone's just falling in love all over this island. It's beautiful. Bahamas are a romantic place. Do you want me to adjust that microphone stand so you don't have to keep holding it? I actually kind of like holding it. I'm, okay. I'm enjoying this. So we also made a good connection. <laughs> Stop busting the mic stand's bungee. <laughs> How many times? did? It, am I exaggerating or did they say don't bust my bungee at least three times in oh, the movie? Yeah. For sure three. I, I'm concerned about don't bust my bungee and I'll tell you why. I don't know if that means something really, really dirty. I, th- I mean, I think bungee just has to be... I you know I I, like, I doubted them on their research into Bahamanian culture. Uh huh. Um, I just made that word up, so I clearly also didn't do any research. <laughs> but and you didn't I make a movie correct. about it. Um, yeah, but either way, I when Michael Caine is walking through the town with Ellen, he's educating her on, on the, the Junkanoo festival. festival. Yeah, and I was like, well, that seems like something made up. And I was like, I was ready to be pretty annoyed about that, but it's totally legit. That's a real, real thing. I, I thought it sounded real. I I thought it was a very earnest scene. Well, I didn't know. I mean, I don't know nothing about no Bahamas. Oh, neither did I. But I think it just. It, but yeah, it sounded... well, I mean, it was. So Michael Caine is cool, uh, and Hoagie knows what's up. Hoagie and knows so, best. You know, maybe they did a lot more research into this than uh, I had anticipated, and maybe busting bungies. And the Junkanoo Festival are, like, just really common things out there. I, okay. There have been times where I've repeated things that I've heard from movies and found out later that they mean really bad things. <laughs> and I didn't know that. I think I've shared with you one in particular that mm-hmm. I heard from Samuel L. Jackson in the movie Juice. Had no idea it was a really dirty thing, and I'd been saying it for years before I looked it up. I'm afraid Don't Bust My Boongie is going to be something like that. But I, I'm going to keep saying it until somebody corrects me because it is very fun to say. Oh, <laughs> sorry, dude. I keep trying not to just... I, I don't want this to be a super scattered episode. It's a scattered movie, so I think it's fine. But I just keep skimming through my notes, which I don't know if this is something I should do again because of how all over the place I've been. But one part that I know you're going to be glad that I brought up because I think we both forgot about it. Okay, here we is go. Is when they're on the boat, right? They're on the boat, they're out, and they're trying to find the shark to put a tracker in it. Mm-hmm. And one of the crewmates is sitting on top of the ship. They see the shark, <laughs> and he goes <laughs> with like a big dramatic gesture. He goes, There, there it is! is. <laughs> and like waves his arm. It's, a, like it's an open hand. Yeah. And the, there like it presenting is. Presenting the queen or something. <laughs> But it's like very like dramatic and like stage performance. There, yeah, it's they're so ridiculous. That is great. Yeah, there's another scene. We all laughed out loud instantly at that. It was so over the top. I loved it. You were gonna be glad that I bring this scene up. <laughs> I think you know where I'm going with this at the art show uh-huh. <laughs> when oh, the shark, dude, when, when the all... shark, the shark <laughs> first shows up and starts chasing the banana boat. And every there's like a line. It's like a comedic shot. It it looks so funny. Everybody leans <laughs> at the same time, and and like in it's a unison, line of the black line women in like church clothes. Yeah, there's an, a straight line of people, and they all lean simultaneously <laughs> they lean forward and tilt their head. It, like it looks a... like um 
It looks like they're all about to go, ooh. It's, and it's not like a panicked look or anything. It's like a, like, like a... I can hear the director saying, now I want you to look off and toward the horizon as if you see something amazing. And it's all... either like that or it's like, a huh? Like, it's like, no matter what the look is or the intention... It's like a Little Rascals not, movie. It's a shark attack, attacking little children. Yeah, no, it is. <laughs> it is. You know what it reminds me of? This is great in another Adam Sandler reference. It's like in the final shot that Happy Gilmore takes. In the, <laughs> and and everybody's movie, watching the and ball. And all the people in the crowd are watching the ball go back and forth. It looks it's just like that. that type of it's movement. So it's so funny. <laughs> Man, oh, it was great. I am so glad we watched this movie. It was such a productive use of our movie night. But just like Song of the South, the great moments in this were few and far between there's a lot of movie that was not enjoyable that we had to sit through oh yeah yeah uh so i mean i would never ever recommend this movie i don't think people should watch this okay so maybe we should just go straight into our ranking (laughs) is this is this at the very very bottom or do you have something else to add about this movie i don't know i mean i just it was so ridiculous it was great there's no moral to it there's no point there is. It's, honey, just because your husband is dead and because a sea predator is after your family don't mean you can't get down. That's I mean, the I moral. I guess, dude. That's but the like, moral of the movie, Jim. The mom spends the first half of the movie, like, paranoid that the shark is going to kill them. And she goes here and she's getting away from the place where it's dangerous and she's trying to let go of that. And they're like, oh, let's hide from her that there's a shark here, too. And then the shark starts attacking again, just as she's like letting go and loosening up. And it's like, what are we supposed to be learning here? Like she was right. The crazy lady who was paranoid about sharks the whole time and kept hearing sharks in the water. There was a shark. And there's like, there's no like, oh, like you need to move on from the pain of your past. First, you have to conquer it. Then you move on. I think that that's it. It's definitely the movie ends. And she goes. You all have to come visit me back in Amity next summer. But knock first, because me and Hoagie are like, in the room. Why, like, you just had another shark murder situation, and okay. you're like, hey, come back to where the sharks are running rampant. So let's not call it another shark murder, because they really shoehorn in blaming Chief Brody's death on a shark. They say in the movie he died by okay, a heart but attack. There was, there's shark murders in all of the movies, Matt. It's not a thing that doesn't happen. But only... It's not like it was a scapegoat, like it was uh, Jason Voorhees' mom the whole time, not actually the shark. It was like, there is a shark, and it is killing people. Yeah, but it only kills one member of her family. Well, yeah, but it also kills other people. The It doesn't matter. <laughs> it does matter. because the, the... the point is, they shouldn't be going to visit her when they live in the Bahamas... You shouldn't be going up to New Jersey for the summer mm-hmm. to go get killed by sharks up there again. No, she killed the last one. There the are whole, no more sharks no more anymore. Great whites on. Well, I mean, th- there might not be. There, sure, sure there, there are good white sharks, but greats. Mm. She killed the last of the greats, my man. That's sad. What baffles me, you guys, is. Martin Brody, Chief Brody, doesn't die in any of the oh. movies. Wait. He doesn't die in any of the movies. Why did they write that he died by a heart attack? Well, Ellen corrects and says 
he didn't die from a heart attack. It was the fear of the shark that got him. I know, but that's written. <laughs> I So what? Are you calling you, her a liar? You can't tell me that they weren't going to have Martin be killed by a shark because that's too ridiculous. That can't be a thing. Why didn't they just say, yeah, between movies, Martin was also killed by a shark. And now Sean has been killed by a shark. Why did they make up that Chief Brody died by a heart attack? Because of the paranoia of sharks killing everybody. I know, but see, it is it is a trope in horror movies for everyone to treat the protagonist like they're crazy, right? There's no ghosts in this house. You're crazy. Things like that, right? That's a trope in, in horror movies, which this movie, I guess, is sort of. Sure. But for some reason in this movie, it feels too heavy handed. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. This doesn't feel like a horror movie. No, and it, it doesn't. It feels like a movie where shark killings happen. It reminds me of I Still Know What You Did Last <laughs> Summer and, and Club Dread. That's what the two movies that they. <laughs> but there were so many things. I can't remember, and I didn't make notes of all of them, but I kept being shocked at how sharked. much of a sh- sharked um, at how much of an impact this movie has had on all of the films that have come since. <laughs> like I, I still mean, know what you did last summer. <laughs> there's several movies. There are several scenes in this movie where I was like, I've seen that in a movie that came out after this perfect example. Michael trying to escape from the great white underwater goes into a submarine and is trying to avoid it. Mm-hmm. And they straight up did that exact scene in Finding Nemo. Even with the escape hatch that they open up to get out. <laughs> it was the same scene, dude. Like, that was they definitely, like, referenced that. You think so? Finding Nemo, for sure. I've watched Finding Nemo so many times. It was the same scene. Do, do it's you... definitely. And there was, there was multiple times where I was like, this is where they stole. Like, they stole scenes from this movie. For other movies, or at least reference them. It's great. It's like, it is a historic movie. Like, it's gone down in history as a historic flub of a movie. So I'm not surprised that it's influenced other things. It was pretty crazy. Is I Still Know What You Did Last Summer inspired by this movie? I Still Know What You Did Last Summer also takes place in the Bahamas. Also, also has fake dreadlocks. <laughs> also has fake dreadlocks. In that case, it's Jack Black. Mm-hmm. Did you have something else to add? Because I mean, I just I, I've always wanted to make love to an angry welder. I've dreamed of nothing else since I was a small boy. That's pretty crazy. It's a good movie. It's, I'm not related, but I'm just that's still. I just I can't believe that that's in a movie. <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> this movie is the best thing that we've watched so far, Jim. Uh, I don't think so. Where um, would you rank it? Okay, so again, the the rankings are not which movies are the best because the best movies are undeniably Ford v Ferrari and, and Ford v Ferrari Mountain. Yeah, uh, my order's better, you bigot. But um, yeah, so those are two of the best movies for sure that we're gonna watch this whole time. But there's no way this is dethroning Ghost Rider. From the most movie, the movie that I would most likely watch again on a movie night on your yeah, weekly like, movie night, I would night. happily watch Ghost Rider like, tonight, any day. I'm in. You want to put Ghost Rider on? I'm canceling my plans. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, this would probably 
have to go uh, maybe in the middle, like lower middle. I think I'd rather watch Batman before this. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, how about you? Do you have any final thoughts before you put your rankings out? Anything that you really just walked away with? Were you devastated by the voodoo? I was. I really wanted there to be a voodoo man. I was picturing there's a a voodoo practitioner in uh in the Scooby Doo movie. <clears throat> it's the actor who plays Joanna Man, <laughs> and he and that's what I was picturing. I wanted that in this movie so badly because they never explain how this shark that they've never met before knows the lineage of the Brodies, and of course voodoo is a really left field plot explanation for that, but at least it's something. And I wanted to see Papa Jacques. I like that we ducked watching Ace Ventura 3 about Jacques Cousteau Ventura, <laughs> but we still got a Jacques. Maybe that's Papa Jacques. Papa Maybe Jacques. It all ties in. The, the criticism that Michael gave him was like, it don't fit like a glove. And then he got upset and cast a spell. As far as rankings go, I'm putting this really highly. I was having a rough week, and watching this ridiculous movie was a great way to spend my movie night. And Shanley didn't fall asleep in this movie. She tried, though. She I started to yell at her a couple of times to pay attention. But she was not irritated that, that, you, woke, that you woke no, her yeah, out of her drowsiness. She and wanted... there was a part where I thought she had fallen asleep. like We just kind of accepted it. And then and she, she was just, just actually crying. There was a, yeah, she was she just at some point she was just like so moved. Wait, he's still alive or something like that. <laughs> I was like you're awake. It was a shocking moment for everyone. So, I put I would put this pretty highly. I think that I would watch this sooner than I would watch Batman and Robin. Are there only 5 movies we've done so far? We've watched Batman and Robin. Mhm. Ghost Rider. Yep. Ford, Ford v. Ferrari, Ferrari Brokeback Mountain, Brokeback Song Mountain, of the Song of the South, <laughs> and Jaws the Revenge. And we can't we can't go through every movie all the time anymore because we're starting to get up in the numbers. So I'd say that I'm going to put this at number one. I know that that's crazy, but I'm the most likely to watch Jaws the Revenge on movie night and least likely to watch Brokeback Mountain on movie night. Um, I think that I am the most likely to watch Ghost Rider. I think that this one is kind of neck and neck with Song of the South for me. I think that uh, they both had elements that I thought were really entertaining and funny. I think that the artistic merit of like the animation in Song of the South... And some of like the creative approaches they had to filmmaking in that movie were good and far superior to the effects in Jaws for the Revenge. Um, so from like a design standpoint, I think it's more fun and impressive what they did with Song of the South. But Song of the South really, it really like takes a lot out of you. It's just really painful watching the quiet slow racist live action portions of it yeah but the animation is so good that it bumps it kind of to being equal with jaws 4 where jaws 4 goes by a little bit faster when you're watching it but there's just not as much like 
substance for me of like things that actually are worthy of praise or like you know oh there yeah credit that is fair james baskett's performance in song of the south is beautiful the music and and not in every song really good like yeah it's a it's similar in like the interplay of live action performances and animation to like roger rabbit or um it's better than space champions or whatever but yeah, I think it's better than a lot of like the modern attempts to do that. Like a lot of that was really cool. And it's unfortunate that the only way to access it is to watch this boring and racist movie. Yeah. Uh but it was pretty cool still and I Okay. I think that the the production team deserves credit for that. Right. Um, okay. And you make a good point. There is nothing commendable in Jaws the Revenge. <laughs> we didn't even talk about how... all at it, not with it. Oh, it's totally. Terrible. We didn't even comment on how terrible the shark looks. It's so bad, dude. And also, Michael Caine and uh, the grandma's makeout was the same motion as the... Remember when the shark is swimming at them? And, and the it's jaws, biting, yeah, like, in the water, just and it like, looks like a largemouth Billy Bass. <laughs> yeah, so that's exactly what Michael Caine and Ellen's mouths were doing. In oh man, and it was such a long shot. Makeout shot. It was brutal. Well, the head of Universal, Sidney Sheinberg, is Lorraine Gary's husband. So it was like this was like his chance to to give his wife like a big movie. Michael Caine makeout. Yeah. Gross. I guess so. You know, if you will stand by my side as my wife, That's I'll give disgusting. you everything in this world, including a makeout sesh yeah. with Michael Caine. What if, like, that was like she really wanted to make out with Michael Caine? He's like, okay, but we're gonna name him Hoagie, and he's gonna be a drug dealer. <laughs> he's gonna dress like Steve Irwin. He totally she's does. Be like, who's that? And cut to an eight-year-old Steve Irwin <laughs> <laughs> who walks around with a plane <laughs> attached to him. Yep. <laughs> I wonder if this was the inspiration for Steve Irwin. This is what okay. he modeled his career <laughs> after. He saw Jaws the Revenge as a small <laughs> child and was yep, and like, was oh, inspired man, for conservation. That. He's like, I want to be one of those guys measuring sea snails. Or maybe oh, one day a stingray. He wanted to be giving it to old women at the Junkanoo <laughs> Festival. <laughs> I get that. And then he faked his death, and now he's doing that to this day. <laughs> he sure is, yeah. <laughs> the one thing you can say about Steve Irwin is there ain't no bust in his boongie. Oh, no way. That's for sure. It's an unbustable boongie. <laughs> he's got that UBB. Nah. He got, he got busted by that stingray. <laughs> it stung his bungie. I want to keep going with this bit, but I like Steve Irwin too much. I love him. You know, I made a Steve Irwin memorial oh, yeah, you killed him. ceramic piece. Okay, in... this is totally unrelated, but the world needs to know about how you killed Steve Irwin. What? You killed Steve Irwin. I don't know where you're going with this, Matt. Okay, you tell your version of the story, and I will correct you, because I think I remember a detail that What's you're forgetting. What's my version? Go ahead, tell your story about your memorial to Steve Irwin. I... Was in ceramics class in high mm-hmm. school, and we had to make a clay thing, and I believe I made the letter I for Steve Irwin, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I don't think is how you spell his name, but I don't know. It is. It is? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, that's the whole story. No, it's not the at. whole story. Okay. So, <laughs> as as we've been discussing on this podcast, you have a terrible memory. 
Okay. You are forgetting the biggest thing about this, that you made that before he died. Oh, shit. I did. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I didn't know where you were going with this. We were talking and over then, a decade ago. Between, between you creating Dude, it. Dude, that's so crazy. I did do that. <laughs> between you creating it and it being fired in the kiln, yeah. he died before you got it back. <laughs> yeah dude so anyway that is voodoo that's crazy because my mom has always said that like we're from new orleans and that we must have some kind of like psychic voodoo blood in us because she claims to do things like that all the time and to like think of things or like predict things or think of a random celebrity and then they die like a week later you got voodoo blood uh i might i might have that voodoo blood voodoo you do do what Kill Steve Irwin. A voodoo woman named Renee. <laughs> oh my god! Came back around. We did it. <laughs> we did. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't forget that part. I just, uh, you know, didn't think that that was. You'd clearly forgot it when I said it. You said, you said, oh yeah, I did. Well, I didn't know where you were going because you said I killed him. Yeah, because you I did. Was like I don't. You I killed didn't him. Kill him. I just made a you thing. killed him. Okay. Yeah, I predicted it. I don't think that I caused it. Once you put that out in the universe, the universe had to complete. Matt, I don't know if you know this, but he was always going to die. His days were numbered. <laughs> he had it coming. You can't do what he did and expect to just live to see old age. That's fair, I guess. Yeah. You want to well, live that hoagie lifestyle, you know, you're going to get that bungie busted someday. But hoagie didn't get his bungie busted. Not on camera. Oh. But you know eventually i want to see like the post credit scene i would where... love to watch a spin off like movie or series just about hoagie, about hoagie. he's okay like, i hoagie's would drug mule adventures would be awesome I he can be he... like a new indiana jones like a caribbean 70s indiana jones do we know what his actual name is no nah, it's hoagie yeah okay. he's just hoagie yeah you think he's going to tell people his real name he's a criminal fat man. chance <laughs> I'm curious, Shanley, what did you think of it? Honestly, I'm surprised I stayed awake for it. Me too. You know, honestly, I'm kind of upset that we waited so long to record this because I can't really remember, which kind of has me thinking that maybe I fell asleep, but just like eyes open. No, you were reacting pretty, pretty appropriately to the ridiculous parts. You remember the part where everybody leaned at the same time to look over at the shark? <laughs> I just remember a lot of the dialogue didn't really seem to match up. It was kind of like while editing the movie, they were just like, oh, yeah, we don't need this whole chunk, but like in between each line. Yeah, that's right. Do you remember when William went, there it is. <laughs> the most awkward point ever. <laughs> he points with all, all five fingers. And a whole like arm wave. A sweeping too. arm wave. It was not good, but it was fun to watch. Do you think that that's why you stayed awake? Because it was a lot of fun to laugh at? Yeah, for sure. I think if it was kind of like, you know, more logical, I'd be like, yeah, this is boring. Were you disappointed that they took out the voodoo man? A little bit. I think it it, it could have used a little bit more oomph. Yeah. Do you think that an appropriate way to describe this movie is a postmenopausal how a woman gets her groove back? You know what? I, I think that was the only thing I could really follow. So, yes, absolutely. How did you feel about Jake, the dreadlocked marine biologist guy? 
I feel like it was like a rude caricature of a person. Do you blame the actor or the writers for that? Uh, both? Yeah, I think a, a fair argument could be made for both. I think it was also how like heavy-handed it was with him. Like they really wanted his character to be memorable. And <laughs> he should, but he was. Yeah. So what you're saying is that it was a success. <laughs> yes, exactly. Had it? Did you like Hoagie, Michael Caine's character? I love Michael Caine. <laughs> I I was sad when he died. He did Spoiler die. alert. Well, when they thought he was dead. I think he did die, and then then, then he just like came back out. <laughs> yeah. He's a child of the sea. <laughs> Is he sort of the Gandalf the White at the end of the movie? Is that what happens here? It's a hoagie on white. A hoagie <laughs> on white? <laughs> so what Jimmy and I tried to do is, like, we tried to think of our most likely movie to, to watch on a movie night, least likely movie we'd watch on a movie night, and if neither of those are Jaws the Revenge, where Jaws would the revenge be closer to top or bottom top for sure <laughs> yeah. yep it is up there in enjoyment with ford v ferrari and batman and robin or which was one yeah so? we watched batman and robin okay that was up there for you i thought you hated it yeah i i mean it wasn't good <laughs> but it was fun to watch yeah for the amount i was awake for what's your least likely movie song of the south Oh, well, I am with the quick choice, too. Yeah, sorry, Jimmy. And no one's surprised. <laughs> well, you guys already decided, or we, we've all decided that I am racist, so I guess. It's not as funny if you say that you also decided you're racist. <laughs> then be it becomes questionable. Yeah, that, then it's actually getting too real. <laughs> I like when me and Matt say you're racist and you just reluctantly go along with it. But if you say you're racist, it's making me rethink our marriage. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. You should reconsider your marriage. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying nonsense because we both know I'm way more racist than you. Yeah. Any final thoughts on the film? I feel like they kept showing from the camera's perspective, like as if we were the shark ah, yeah. peeking up over the water. <laughs> and then you would see the people right there. And it was just really off-putting because it's like, obviously, if we were from looking from the shark's point of view, the people would see the shark. Yeah, because the, the shark's eyes are not necessarily on the very tip of its nose. <laughs> no, it was very uh, off-putting to watch. I think a lot of that was because of their poor shark puppet. I think they had oh. to like fill a lot of that with first-person shots. So the opening attack, when the shark kills Sean Brody... The water was too cold for their puppet to function correctly, so there was no shark on set, and so that's why it's all, that one's entirely first person, first shark, excuse me, apologies, apologies all around, first shark perspective. I appreciate that. You're welcome. So, it's that time, Shanley, you get your spin, are you looking forward to spinning? I totally am. We really need sound things. I really wanted to have you say, okay, it's that time. And they go, wah, 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 and have all that kind of fun stuff happen, you know? We, we can do that. Oh, cool. Let's just put that over when I said it. 
Okay. So that no one will know that I just made the noise myself. I mean, that it was, was cool. so uncanny. I think. Yeah. Can we just take him doing that? <laughs> just the, instead of having an actual foghorn. Yeah. I think that's better. Okay. Jimmy, is there anything that you hope that it will be or won't be? A slide whistle. Oh, her. Um, <laughs> her thing? Or I thought we were talking about sounds. No, I'm talking about her spin. Her spin? I really want another parents one because I think that there's a lot of potential in that. that we can learn a lot about ourselves and our families and our heritage through that those categories, and I'm excited about that. I think it would be very funny for Shanley to spin a strictly that isn't her own, and so like she gets a, a strictly Jimmy or a strictly Matt. I think that would be funny just because that would that would be a sucky waste of a spin so shanley got strictly shanley and so she got to choose options and then select one if it's strictly one of us does that mean she decides something that we would like or does that mean no. that we would provide options we provide options and, and then she, gets she to chooses choose of the option interesting yeah that'd be fun yeah shanley is there anything you're hoping i know you're really pulling out for those air buddies universe the Butterverse. Those for sure. Um, but I'm actually kind of hoping for the movie jar. Oh, love the movie jar. Yeah, I feel like it's been too long since we got to experience that. Yeah, get that Batman Forever love. Did you put Ghost Rider 2 in there? In the movie jar? I have no idea what's in the movie jar. I still don't even understand how that works. <laughs> so many of these other options are way more complicated than write two bad movies and one good movie and put it in a jar. You understand all these other options, but you don't get the movie jar. I mean, I'm just saying I, that's not what I did. <laughs> We're going to pull one of Jimmy's out and it's just going to say, like, Flamin' Hot Cheetos. <laughs> it's going to be a fun movie. Right. Just going to watch Flamin' Hot Cheetos for an hour and a half. Look at him go. All right, Shanley, are you ready for the spin? I'm ready. <laughs> oh, what was it? Nicolas Cage filmography. Oh, no. <laughs> We're back, baby. <laughs> oh, Shanley. This is in your hands, though. I know. So I know we've talked a lot about Ghost Rider 2. Ghost Rider 2. But I... You know. I think you should just be bold and pick Ghost Rider again. Because <laughs> you really didn't see it. You barely really even saw it. You don't it. know. You've been deprived. That's true. I should watch it You before. should watch it. Okay. So I'll go back and watch Ghost Rider 1. And then pick it and we'll watch it the third time. <laughs> and it'll become your favorite movie. No. We, okay. we got to pick something different. Or let, let's make some recommendations. Mm, recommendation. It could happen to you. Which is the movie about him winning the lottery? The Family Man? The Family Man? The Family Man. It's got the Cheeds in it. Mm. Oh, yeah, Donnie Cheeds. And uh, is he Jeremy like a, Piven. Is he, like, magical it? in some way? He's an angel. Yeah. Wait, are you talking about the actor? <laughs> yes. He, he does have a magic about him. He's a magic man. Uh, is it Taya Leone? Is that her name? She's from Bad Boys, Jurassic Park 3. I think it is. What? I don't know. Well, I don't even. Yeah. These what are you movies. About? She's in Family Guy. Family Man. 
again, Sorcerer's Apprentice has come up quite a bit. I don't think anyone's ever watched that movie. Jujitsu. I think I've seen that movie. Wait, you've seen Sorcerer's Apprentice? I think so. No, you are thinking of the one with um, John C. Riley. John C. Riley, the vampire's assistant. What's uh, that? There's also that Nicolas Cage movie that's like Five Night at F- Nights at Freddy's or whatever. It's about like a, a killer Chuck E. Cheese place. There's a new Nicolas Cage movie like that. It's new? I think so. That's bad. Ooh, pick Into the Spider-Verse. Let's have a fun time. So wait, I know the rules for the movie jar are two bad, one good. Kind of skewing, skewing over. Skewing, yes. Skewing. Skewing. <laughs> skewing towards picking a bad no, movie. No, let's go skewing. We're it's skewing. Okay. <laughs> what... Criteria? Yes, besides Nicolas Cage. There's there's nothing else. It's just anything, yeah, right? Anything. Okay. I mean, he'll it's do your rest. discretion. Got it. Jimmy, let me confer with you. Hmm. I don't want a reminder that Nicolas Cage is on the cruise. Oh, sh- Yeah, we can't do that. <laughs> yeah. That'll be bad. <laughs> so I'm not bringing it up. Definitely uh, don't. You could also watch Face Off or Con Air. Did think Ooh. I or a don't Godfather know. film three? Is he in one of those? I think so. That's tight because he's Francis Ford Coppola's nephew, so that's cool. Oh man, I've heard that. Um, there's a stupid movie that he's in. National Treasure. No, it's got a <laughs> lot of words in it. Um, it's something like um, Port of Call, New Orleans something it's there's way there's like four more words in it than those but i'm pretty sure those are in it and it's supposed to be really stupid that's so maybe awesome. that oh dude we could watch lord of war do you remember that movie where he's an illegal arms dealer that's a pretty sick movie i've never oh. seen that so bad maybe. lieutenant port of call new orleans that's a mouthful doesn't that just sound like a bad movie <laughs> it sure does that's a very Safeway DVD kind of movie. <laughs> That's a that actually really is a lot of words. How many? Bad Lieutenant Colon, Port of Call, New Orleans. While drinking your juice in the hood. Mm-hmm. Wow. Three. All right. Shanley, do you have any ideas? Yeah, a lot to think about. Anything uh, taking an early lead? Mm. Oh, the crude. <laughs> You're cheating. <laughs> Am I not supposed to look? You no, guys looked we after the Disney sequel. No, you can. It's you, just, yeah. We just don't want to watch The Croods. <laughs> You're the only person in the whole wide world who likes those movies. Yeah. Okay, well. fine. I mean, you get to ch- I'm not telling you what you can and t- can't do. It's just... Is that another one like... Um, what is it? The... What's Adam Sandler franchise that I think there's more of? Oh, Hotel is? Transylvania. No, the other one. Yeah, Grown Ups. Grown Ups. Is this like Grown Ups where I think they just came out with the third one, but it was really the second one? Crudes? I yeah. think they just came out with the second one. I will say that I am strongly considering Drive Angry. Oh, oh that sounds interesting. They That's has, a movie uh, that I remember hearing about. Amber I mean, he... Heard in it. Hey, hey, this my mom's maiden name. Is that why you wanted to do that? No, not at all. It looks terrible. Wow. and. The not at all wasn't necessary. <laughs> no was fine. Shoot. Um, G-Force. There's Is that. he in G-Force? Apparently he Who plays... Who does he play? Uh, does he play a guinea pig or something? I'm guessing so because it's a voice of Speckles. Isn't Larry the Cable Guy in that? 
Or is that Zach Galifianakis? Zach Galifianakis is in it, but I assume Larry the Cable Guy is involved in some way. Larry the Cable Guy was in a movie similar to that. Okay, I gotta tell you the story. A couple years ago, I was trying to track down Jingle All the Way on DVD so we could watch it around Christmas. As we all have done, yes. Not If I was a better man, I would have already owned it. Mm. But I could immediately find Jingle All the Way too, and I just covered the screen of my phone, and I was like, I'm gonna guess what this movie is and i guessed that larry the cable guy was gonna be replacing arnold schwarzenegger in it and i was a hundred percent right and i also was able to guess that it was going to be published by a, a weird studio and it was distributed by wwe films <laughs> like the world wrestling entertainment apparently makes films including jingle all the way too starring larry the cable guy Okay, so there's so much to talk about there. Um, <laughs> number one, what a 180. How do you go from Arnold Schwarzenegger to Larry the Cable Guy? I know. I that mean, Talk that... about burying the lead. They should have opened with Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> and then how to be the same character that he just becomes. I don't think he's supposed to be the same character. However, I like to think that he is. Okay. Number two, unfortunately, I was thinking of Delta Farce, not uh... G-Force. But, you know, they're probably as yeah, good as each yeah, other. I would say so. Um, and then number three, did you know Larry the Cable Guy? We need to add a Larry the Cable Guy. No. Guy. We do. We do have to. But did do you know he's in, he's in a Medea Christmas from 2013? Back on board. Yeah. <laughs> See? How much fun is that going to be when I choose that next time? Well, Sh- Shanley's thing? already, like ears deep in this filmography i'm a little bit concerned she doesn't even she's not even hearing this larry the cable guy conversation she's missing, i will not she's stand so for focused. it <laughs> are you are you adding in larry the cable guy onto the wheel right now no that is absolutely not what i'm doing i kind of feel like we owe it to ourselves to put that on the wheel shanley loves con air so much that i really don't think that she can overlook it i think there's a chance that she'll have to choose it just because she has such a love for that film. You know, well, I might really be her favorite do movie. love that movie. Put Wait. the bunny down. <laughs> and then Chris Hemsworth goes, you want me to put the bunny down? You remember? That would be Shanley's, like, the look <laughs> yes. on her face right now. <laughs> she would just leave me if that happened. <laughs> Like, I don't need anything else in my life. I'm done. So wait. So you guys always, like, can name movie quotes and, like, references and, like, just be really quick mm-hmm. and i will say there was one time in high school that you dropped a con air quote actually that day I was, on, I was on fire that day but that was like the proudest achievement of my life is getting that and like i feel like i earned respect in your eyes wow i mean you have respect in my eyes is that was that at its inception or <laughs> I, I truly think it was, what was, what was yeah what was the was it just put the Put the bunny down? Um, no, it was when um, they were doing the plan in okay. the dirt. Okay. About ambushing the police? Yes. I don't remember what actually was happening in, in our life, lives. Yeah. But you referenced that, and wow. it made me happy. So, you know, if we choose Con Air, there's going to be a lot more talking about that next week. So that'll be fun for you guys. Mm-hmm. Get to hear about you can just sit this, one out, this Jim. plan anecdote. Mm-hmm. Planicdote. Planicdote. John Malkovich is the villain in it. Look, I'm on board. I'm not saying this is a bad idea. Danny Trejo's in it. 
I, okay, I'm Steve in. Buscemi's I'm, I'm more in, in it. Yeah, Dave John Chappelle. Cusack. Do we already go there? No, David I don't Chappelle. listen when you talk. David Chappelle. Uh, John Cusack bums me out. I don't like that guy. Really? Nah. He's Ever? weird. What about Joan Cusack? She's cool. Way more on board with Joan. Jesse? Jesse the Odlin cowgirl? She's great in School of Rock. Ah, yeah. Principal Mullins. Mm-hmm. Principal Mullins, you're the man. You remember that? Sure do. You know, her best character, though, is Debbie from Adam's Family Values. Debbie Zielinski. She's the Black Widow murderer. How do you remember these names? It's a great movie. She was great in that. Do you watch that for Thanksgiving? I don't know. I watch it every year on Thanksgiving. I think we did that, and then we kind of unknowingly did a marathon for that one guy, random kid. Oh, yeah, from the Santa Claus. Yeah. Crumholtz? David Crumholtz? Yeah. And it astounds me that you know his name. <laughs> Ten Things I Hate About You. Based off my very limited <laughs> description. He's great. He's very funny. Um, he's, he's pretty Rosenberg. funny in... Or is he Goldstein in Harold and Kumar? I don't know. I think he's I'm Goldstein. not going to go down that road. I feel like you were treading on racist territory with that. <laughs> okay. I don't want to go there. But... Uh, He's awesome in The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. He's barely in it at all, but he just kind of steals the screen. Mm. Does he have a mustache? He does. Yeah, he pulls that off. He sure does. He also pulls off the uh, baby dreads under a beret look as Bernard in the Santa Claus. He really did. (laughs) I remember thinking he was really cool as a kid, and I remember still thinking he was kind of cool as a 30-year-old. He's so grouchy. Yeah. I can't believe they haven't decided to do a prequel or a sequel trilogy for the Santa Claus with, like, Tim Allen dies and they have a new Santa Claus. Larry the Cable Guy. Oh, my God. (laughs) We're doing this. Let's get in touch with his people. We're going to make this happen. All right. Well, I guess we'll see everybody (laughs) next week on movie night on the weekly watch wheel when we'll watch a Nicolas Cage movie. Movie. Filmography. (laughs) See everybody. Bye bye. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Weekly Watch Wheel. If you had as good a time as we did, be sure to subscribe, tell a friend about us, maybe even leave us a review. Hit us up on Twitter at WKLY Watch Wheel or via email at weeklywatchwheel at gmail.com. Peace. It's the Weekly Watch Wheel.